0: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years, and Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your smart TV or your phone live in HD experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance, or will a fresh face emerge to continue their legacy on the clay courts? From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th, Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all happens. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, Do You Believe? And do you believe we're already in the second week of the Australian Open, and it seems like we've had minimal problems. A couple things happening down under that we are going to talk on today, but first off, we're in the quarterfinals, folks. We have made it to the quarterfinals. In both the men's and the women's draw. And I want to go through who's in the quarterfinals on the men's side. Because there's some large names making it into week two. And going to make a run here at the Aussie Open. Let's start at the top. Novak Djokovic will play Alexander Svarev. I believe that is Monday or I guess Tuesday in Australia. When they'll play that match. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov will play Karatsev. Rublev will play Medvedev. Tsitsipas will play Nadal. Now... I'm going to talk about players who have impressed me. And then I'm going to talk about players who I was a bit disappointed by. And I first want to start, let's go impressive. Because that will kind of set up who I'm also disappointed about. But Oslan Karatsev has been playing in Unreal Australian Open. And he's really put his name out there. And this is really his breakthrough tournament. He was a qualifier coming into the Aussie Open. He's a Russian He's 27. His rank is 114, and he plays a little doubles on the side as well. But the way that he's played here in the Australian Open has been admirable and also really like loose. He's been playing really loose. He has, if you watch him play, it's like surprising on how easy these shots are coming. Now, his big breakthrough win here at the Aussie Open would have been in round three, where he ended up beating. Uh, Diego Schwartzman, and he manhandled Diego Schwartzman. He beat Diego Schwartzman 6-3, 6-3, and after that match, I was like, okay, this guy might have something really going on. Gets to round four and dominates, not dominates, well, he does dominate in the last three sets, but loses the first two sets to FAA, Felix Ogier, Ali Asim, then wins the last three, 6-3, 6-3, 6-3, 6-4. Doesn't seem like a problem. So the way this guy's playing and the way he's moving forward I really encourage you to watch him here in the quarterfinals as he takes on Grigor Dimitrov. I think that's going to be a really good match, and he has all the skills to beat Dimitrov and make his first semifinal appearance at a Grand Slam. Um, This Karatsev, you definitely have to watch him play. His forehand's so effortless. Like, the way he hits it, it's like, you're never going to miss. And he hits with the confidence that he's never going to miss. He's like a... Literally a tennis player's dream to hit like that. But it makes me also think, like, how did you become a qualifier? And how are you ranked number, you know, 114 or so in the world? Do you miss these often? Are you really a hit-and-go guy where you're just really pushing to make these big shots? And if you don't, what are you going to do? His forehand seems so effortless. He seems so naturally talented. And he's definitely... One to watch here in the quarterfinals. Another one to watch here in the quarterfinals. Grigor Dimitrov, who he's playing. Dimitrov ended up beating Dominic Team. Now, Dominic Team didn't have the greatest tournament. He had a few matches that were probably a little too close for his liking. He barely beat Nick Kyrgios in five sets. Took him to five sets. Although, Nick Kyrgios was playing a fairly good tournament. But Dominic Team, he's out of the tournament. He's someone I'll talk about in a second. But Grigor Dimitrov, he's kind of one of those in the 2019 uh, US Open, he beat Roger Federer and was playing like unreal tennis. He's kind of at that same point where he's feeling really good. And even in his interviews, he says, I don't know what it is about beginning the year strong, but I love to begin the year here in Australia. And I love to begin on a very strong note. So Grigor Dimitrov, that Koretsev-Grigor Dimitrov match is definitely going to be one to check out. This was another one of the the guys that I thought was playing really well. And it's Casper Rude. Now... I regret to really say that. Now, I wrote that before his round four match, and there was a little bit of drama with him dropping out of that round four match. Now, he played Andre Rublev, and when he was playing, he ended up retiring. He ended up um, getting out of the match, but he lost the first set 6-2 and then lost the second set in a tiebreaker, and I believe he left in a, uh abdominal problem but some of the announcers were like not thrilled about it that he didn't finish out the match because they said you know he he didn't necessarily seem like he was hurt it kind of seemed like the easy way out after he lost his second set because it was going to be too much to come back and they would have liked him to finish it out now I'm not really a former pro tennis player but um sometimes business comes before what you want to push yourself for I know that and for him to kind of get out I don't know the whole story so I'm not going to speculate on how Casper Roode was feeling, but um, making it to round four for the 24 seed in this tournament was definitely, it's got to be a success for him, and he's got to be happy with that moving forward. Now, he beat a few notable names on his way to make it to round four. He beat Tommy Paul in round two, and he also beat uh, Jordan Thompson in round one. So a couple guys that aren't, I mean, his road to playing in the round of four probably wasn't necessarily the hardest, but... Um, For him to make a round four of Grand Slam, decent. Um, Another one I'm impressed with, uh, Feliciano Lopez. What a tournament he had. He was someone to really watch in this tournament. I think a lot of people were happy to see where he was in this tournament, as well as really excited to just watch him play good tennis again. It's been a minute since he's really been deeper into a tournament, but he ended up losing to Andre Rublev in three sets, straight sets, but... He ended up beating uh, Sinago in a five-set thriller in round two. And that was something that the tennis world loved because it was a super long match. Feliciano Lopez, I believe he's 39 years old. He's not young anymore. For him to be playing deep into tournaments and playing at that high level when really he's not one of the big three, he's not one that's usually made a deep, deep, deep run into these tournaments. But for him to start doing that a little bit at a higher age... Hats off to you, Felipe Lopez, and I am thrilled to keep watching you play on the tour. I want you to play as long as possible because you are very, very entertaining to watch. Uh, disappointments. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go one more impressive. Um, I want to go Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz surprised me this tournament. Taylor Fritz. Um, barely lost to Djokovic, um, but he ended up beating Riley Opelka in five sets, but what really impressed me is his match against Novak Djokovic. He loses the first set to Novak Djokovic, and I'm not going to lie, if you lose the first two sets to Novak Djokovic, high chance you're going to lose that one, buddy, but he cranked this one out all the way until the fifth set. He won the third set, 6-3, he won the fourth set, 6-4, and for him to push For a fifth set against Novak Djokovic, no matter if Novak was feeling a little under the weather or not, it doesn't matter. For you to do that against a top player like Novak Djokovic, hats off to you, Taylor Fritz. A hell of a tournament making it to round three of the Aussie Open. Now, he beat Riley Opelka, which was also impressive um, to beat another American like that. But to come off a five-setter and then into another five-setter and force a five-setter with the number one player in the world, that's something that I tip my hat to you Taylor Fritz, and I look forward to watching him play in the future. He keeps getting better. If you watch Taylor Fritz at all, you know he keeps getting better and better and better and better every single week. Now let's get to some disappointments, maybe some players I wasn't necessarily impressed with. Let's put it that way. Um, first one is I was impressed with this guy, but then he, did, he made me disappointed in him, and that's Felix Ogier He was He was impressive. He ended up beating Denis Shapovalov in round three, um, making it to the round four. And I really thought he was going to make a quarterfinal. Um, but then he ran into the huslin Karatsev. And the problem here was he wins the first set 6-3, loses the first set, or wins the first set 6-3, sorry, wins the second set 6-1, and then loses 6-3, 6-3, 6-4, and loses that match in five sets. Now, the problem I had here is his wheels started coming off late in that fourth set, and he never really got it back. He never really made another push to win it, and he kind of just totally fell apart, um, and it was not good tennis to watch. He started not playing well, as well as mentally and his body language and everything just started falling apart, and that's the part I was really disappointed in, because Felix ogier Aliasim is someone I really love to watch play tennis, and I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him, and I think he's really good at the sport and can make a lot of big runs in Grand Slams, but... The mental aspect and coming back and making sure that, you know, when you lose a game, when you lose a set, you bounce back. And he just did not in the fifth set. It's like all the wins came out of his sails in that fifth set. And he just was has lost all hope. So that's someone I was disappointed in here in the Astreno. But very proud he made it to round four. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. And he needs to just keep going. Another disappointment on the men's side is going to be Dominic Team. Now, Dominic Team loses in the fourth round. He's a three seed. He loses to Grigor Dimitrov. Granted, Grigor Dimitrov had a really, really good match and he's been playing really well and he usually does here in Melbourne. But Dominic Team just didn't play well the whole tournament. Um, he, he lost in straight sets against uh, Grigor Dimitrov. He nearly lost to Kyrgios in five sets, lost the first two sets to him and uh, cranked back and ended up winning that one in five sets. Now, I know that Dominic Team really prides himself in his conditioning and making sure that he's physically ready for these tournaments, but I find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to make big pushes in a lot of tournaments if he keeps getting down early and then tried to just bank on his conditioning to come back in these tournaments. And I know, or in these matches, and I know that he's more of a grinder player and he really, you know, works himself during these matches, but making long runs in tournaments after a while isn't going to be feasible if all you're doing is just waiting for a four or five setter every match. And it's okay to get down in some of these matches when you should just be pummeling these guys. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I know that he's gotten in a little bit of a habit of doing that and I don't think it's going to serve him well in the long run, but Dominic teams had a long year ahead of him and he also just won the, his first U S open and his first grand slam. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass in this one because he can maybe relax a little bit, but, there really shouldn't be any time to relax, especially in the sport of tennis. You've had damn near the entire year of 2020 to relax. Uh, another one I was disappointed in a little bit, not much, um, is the Stan Wawrinka. He lost to Fucovich, and in five sets, I actually watched that match, and he just wheels kind of came off there as well. Um, he had three match points in that fifth set, and just couldn't finish it off after losing the first two sets. Stan Wawrinka, I really thought he was going to make more of a push here in the Aussie Open, but he didn't. One more disappointment I want to talk about. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of this guy. But to see him leave so early in this tournament was disappointing. But also, um, I hope he's okay. And that is is uh, Gaël Monfils. Gaël Monfils wins the first, the fourth set. Um, loses second, third, and fifth set to Russovori. And for him to just not have a good showing here... After he just cracked the top 10, he's number 10 in the world, and for him to just have a really bad showing at the Aussie Open doesn't sit well probably with him and for a lot of his fans. And I know he posted something on social media that was, um, thanks for all the support, we'll be back, very disappointed, blah, 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 blah. Um, But I think a lot of people were like, dude, you just got to the top 10, and now you're laying an egg in the Aussie Open. What were you doing all postseason? Were you making those dance videos? Were you playing video games. Now, I've never questioned Gaël on and his seri- seriousness of tennis. But what I do question is, is he going to continue to get better? And I think he needs to get back to that stage with Svitolina where they were constantly pushing each other. Svitolina just lost. She won't be making the quarterfinals. Um, she actually got upset by Pugula of the United States. So I think it's something that maybe both of them take a step back and say, hey, do we want to be seriously good again here in 2021? And if we do, We need to figure something out. So hopefully they do figure something out because that was another one I was disappointed in here in 2021. Now, enough about the players. Let's talk about the fans. Now, the fans were electric here in the Australian Open, and I'm glad they had them. And you heard me right there. I'm glad they had them. They only had fans until maybe round four. Ish. But the thing about these fans is no mask, no nothing, but they didn't have that many cases in Australia. So what happened was they had fans. A couple of them got kicked out. One flipped off Rafael Nadal. It was kind of funny. He thought it was funny. She ended up getting tossed. And these fans were kind of ruthless. One night where Nick Kyrgios played really deep into the tournament, deep into the night, his fans there in Australia were going um, very crazy for him. And the fans were definitely something that I think the players really enjoyed to have back. And I think the fact that Australia got to do that with how they've kind of handled the pandemic and they had minimal cases, they were able to do that. Now, the way that Australia's handled the pandemic and the fact that they've closed their borders and done a lot of that stuff has also led to, you know, people not having to wear masks all the time when, when it comes to fans, when it comes to uh, ball persons and other staff like that, not having to wear masks um, when they're necessarily running on court and stuff like that. But Australia is one of the first tournaments to have full fans like that, and I think the players really, really enjoyed playing in front of fans. Now, nevertheless, the fans were kicked out and have to do a five-day quarantine after a little mini-outbreak happened. There in Melbourne and in the Melbourne area. And so there were literally fans that had to leave the Taylor Fritz and Djokovic match before it ended because the curfew hit, which I believe was like 1130 at night. And so they just had to, oh, all fans, you have to go home because you have to be back for curfew. And then they were a mandatory five-day quarantine, which says... They could be back for the final and um, some of the later matches if there's not another outbreak and if they can kind of control it there in Melbourne. But pretty impressive that they could have fans and the capacity that they had fans at the Australian Open um, was very impressive. Let's take a trip over to the WTA, the women's side. And uh, my pick to, still in, to win it is still in. First off, um, my pick to win it on the men's side is still in, and that's Daniil Medvedev. So keep an eye out for that. But on the women's side, it is uh, Barty is playing Muchova, Brady and Puguela, which is both Americans. And so they're good friends. Uh, Serena Williams is playing Simona Halep, which is going to be also a really good match, number two versus ten. And then this uh, Chinese Taipei, uh, Su Wee Sai, I believe is how you say her name. She's ranked 71 in the world at age 35, and she makes... A quarterfinal in Australia. She's been playing Naomi Osaka, and Naomi Osaka is my pick to win it. Um, Ash Barty's playing really well. Um, Jennifer Brady is playing really well. Osaka's playing well, and I'm gonna say Halep is gonna win. No, I'm gonna say Serena Williams is gonna win that quarterfinal. That's gonna end up being the semis. On the men's side, I should probably give you my predictions of the quarterfinals going into week two. I think it's going to be Djokovic over Sverev. I think it's going to be Dimit- uh, nope Kuretsev over Dimitrov. I think it's going to be Medvedev over Rublev. And I think it's going to be Sitsipas over Nadal. I just do. I think Nadal's worn himself down a little bit here. And Tsitsipas, Now, Oh, I didn't even mention this. Sitsipas didn't even have to play last night um, because uh, Matteo Berrettini withdrew before the match. So the match never actually happened. So, Stefano Tsitsipas got a full day of rest, and Rafael Nadal did not get that as he beat Fognini in three sets, but there's a lot of good tennis on the horizon um, for tennis fans down under. Now, if you're in the States, yes, you have to stay up late and watch it, but I'll tell you this, it is well worth it to stay up late and watch some good tennis. couple things I want to mention, uh, Novak Djokovic has reached his 300 grand slam match win, which is you know, exciting for him, I guess. Uh and that's just another milestone under his belt for the Serbian. Another thing I want to mention is Nick Kyrgios and uh I think his name is Theonis uh Kakanakis were are both Australians and they play doubles together. I, I don't necessarily I'm not a huge fan of the loud player on court, but man are they fun to watch play doubles because they're really loosey goosey and they're not they don't take it too serious and they try to have a lot of fun it looks like. And the fact that they can play doubles and they were fairly successful at doubles, um, making it to round four and just kind of having fun out there. I watched one of their matches and I I really thoroughly enjoyed watching one of their matches. Unfortunately, they are out though, but the other team was like number four in the world. So I definitely can see why they lost and um, probably good for some doubles players to make some money in a year last year where they didn't make any money. So things to watch here. In the future of the Australian Open, Karatsev, you want to watch him. Um, Novak is kind of dealing with a maybe a domino injury. Um, Rafael Nadal is dealing with kind of a back injury ish. Still, it's kind of giving him some uh, some bother, some pain a little bit, as far as I understand. And so, those are some things to watch. But I don't really see any people retiring or withdrawing here in the latter part of the Australian Open. Let's get the Australian over or the Australian Open over with. I'm ready for it to be done. Um, there's been so much drama around it, but I'm ready for it to be done in a safe manner, and I'm excited to watch fans come back into Melbourne Park, and I'm also excited to watch some of these matches over the next few days. So make sure you're watching tennis. If you want to reach out, you can reach out at Believe.com. If you want to reach out to me, at Jacob Sersasimo. On all social media... But take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your friends. We're in this global pandemic. We should be almost done with it. And when I say almost, I mean relative to how long it could have gone. Vaccines rolling out, good to see. Um, Hopefully we can get back in the stands watching some tennis live in person here in the United States. Sometime in 2020, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely probably going to make a trip out to try to catch some of those matches if that's even possible. Enjoy your week. Watch some tennis. I know it's late here in the States, but... Give it a shot. At least stay up till midnight or 1 o'clock because there's some really good matches that happen in the latter part of nights here in the United States. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Who's your pick to win it? Tweet at me. Let me know. Mine, Daniil Medvedev, Naomi Osaka. Into week two, my pick to win the 2021 Australian Open.